Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyday Theology, where we connect theological truths to the everyday believer. I'm your host, Ben Campbell, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode. In the previous episode, we spoke of how preaching was worship solely on the basis of biblical content and biblical authority during the preaching activities on a weekly basis. And now what I'd like to do is show uh, how worship not only begins on Sunday mornings, but actually begins in the pastor's study. While worship is the aim of preaching, the Holy Scriptures is the essence of biblical preaching. Therefore, all that the Bible sets out to do is what preaching will accomplish. The Scriptures testify to the authority of God's Word when one preaches them faithfully and correctly. And so, the preparation for preaching begins or should begin much earlier than when the pastor stands in the pulpit on Sunday and he must prepare himself through soul care and spirituality. He must also prepare and construct his sermon according to biblical standards of expository preaching. Furthermore, all of these steps are acts of worship to God made manifest through the pastor's personal life. And so, a pastor must take explicit and intentional action to prepare sermons while regarding all that is done as worship to the Lord. And so I want to give you a reformed view of preaching here. You see, preaching cannot be seen as a weekly task to be taken lightly, but it must be approached with much caution and humility. In many evangelical pulpits, uh, I believe preaching has lost its importance. Sad to say, many churches focus more upon music and the, quote, culture, end quote, of the church rather than aiming to be guided by the Word of God in all areas of life. Nonetheless, preaching is where all of this begins, for it is the proclamation of God's Word, and God's Word is what governs the doctrine and practice of the local church. So preaching must aim for the following elements. Number one, preaching must aim to communicate the knowledge of God in regards to salvation. The Bible repeatedly speaks of salvation as the knowledge of God. We find it in the Old Testament in Isaiah 33, Jeremiah 3. We find it in, in Luke 1, Romans 2, 1 Corinthians 12, and others. And so it's necessary that those who are under the instruction and proclamation of the Word of God to not only hear, but to understand what is being proclaimed. Otherwise... Salvation is not possible because knowledge of God involves understanding. And so it is the task of preaching that affords a pastor the opportunity to convey the truth of the Bible as understandable so those who hearing the proclamation can be understood and that understanding will lead to salvation. I believe nothing ascribes more worship to God than the saving of those who are lost. Second, Preaching must implore the congregation to think biblically with the desire of worshiping God. You see, once salvation has occurred, the purpose of preaching is to entreat the congregation to think biblically about the way in which they live. You see, genuine spirituality that is born out of a love for God expands to all of life. And so to think biblically is to immerse one's self in the Word of God so much that it affects the way they live their lives. And this is not only the calling of pastors, but is the calling of all Christians. And so Christians must think biblically. This is a must. This is not an option. 
and in a world of constant relativity and indigenous disgust for Christianity, I believe it's absolutely essential for Christians to make the center of life God rather than themselves. In other words, living and thinking biblically is living with Christ and His cross at the center of our lives. This, of course, does not imply that life will be prosperous with large bank accounts or massive amounts of property. Instead, it infers that the lives of believers who are faithful and committed to Christ will be lives of leisure and freedom because the believer is honoring God's pursuit of him through Jesus Christ. A third point is that preaching must invoke theologizing. Theologizing, essentially, is the act of doing theology for one's self. You see, all believers are not called to glean their doctrine from others who have done the work for them. In fact, I would argue that no believer is called to glean their doctrine only from other people. Paul says in uh, Philippians 2 that believers should work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Alistair McGrath shows us the importance of theology, and I quote, He says, Pelagianism is the natural heresy of zealous Christians who are not interested in theology, end quote. You see, those who are not interested in theology, pastors included here, must understand that Christianity is a religion of the heart, is a religion of the will, and is a religion of the mind. Therefore, the Christian mind is necessary for the pastor standing in the pulpit each week and for his hearers. And theologizing, especially in preaching, is to instruct the congregation to apply the deep truths of Scripture to all of life for the glory of God. You see, each of these steps for pastors do not come without hard work. It takes rigorous activity and devotion to develop and deliver Christ-centered, God-honoring, and Spirit-filled messages that glorify God and edify believers. And for that reason, the pastor must take time out of his week to develop and deliver his sermons. And so I want to uh, plea with pastors who might be listening to this podcast to get in their office and to study. Since the preaching of the Word of God is the focal point of every worship service, preparing for each service accordingly must be a vital element of the pastor's weekly activities. Though the pastor coming under the Word of God is a necessity for faithful preaching, there is a distinct difference between a pastor's personal life as a believer and his task as a pastor of a local congregated body. The pastor must engage in the spiritual disciplines through a personal activity in the Word, but this question deals with how this aspect of instruction and conviction then bleed into the construction of sermons. You see, every pastor must aim to be a biblical theologian. That is, they must aim to discover how each text they preach fits into the grand narrative of Scripture. The task of biblical theology seeks to make sense of the entire Bible as one comprehensive story which entails exegeting specific passages in light of the story of Scripture. So thus, the pastor aims to interpret the biblical text. He must also continue to keep forefront the story of redemption as Scripture unfolds for him through a specific message. And interpretation through the process of exegesis is rigorous, and it takes time to think through the difficulties of, a bibl of biblical truth. You see, there are times when the Bible does not make sense to the human mind. And so a pastor needs to work through these issues beforehand so he can exhort his congregation to salvation 
thinking biblically, and to do their own theology. And if the truths one preaches never first apply to the one who is preaching, it's going to be difficult to effectively apply the same truths to those who are listening. Therefore, a rigorous study schedule is of the utmost priority. Pastors must study to perform faithful exegesis. Pastors must study to settle the confusion between biblical passages. If you want to apply Scripture to yourself first, if you want to see how Scripture can mold you into the person of Jesus Christ, if you want to exhort those under your preaching to a standard of living that's conveyed from God's Word, then we must study and we must uh, show our people that the purpose of studying is to show how even our lives as pastors when we're not at the church is an act of worship to God. And so the pastor must emulate this worshipful attitude and persona within the study each week. And you see, because the purpose of studying is such a personal act of worship, I believe it is vitally important for the pastor to preach his own sermons. You see, the importance of preaching your own sermons and not copying from another is a direct result of one's belief about the preeminence of preaching as worship to the Lord Jesus. You know, the simple fact that a pastor would preach someone else's sermon to the congregation shows the uncertainty of calling within their own life. Otherwise, they would preach, and they would aim to do it with faithfulness and courage, and most importantly, they would aim to do it through their own words. This act, however, is often an intentional act from pastors. One author declares, and I quote, There can be no accidental plagiarism any more than there can be no accidental bank robberies. End quote. You see, one specific way in which pastors tend to overlook the necessity of preaching one's sermons is a lack of applying the biblical truths of their sermons to themselves first. Ignoring such an act is the final stroke before a pastor resorts to someone else's material. The Puritans expressed a vital importance in application. And so pastors must return to such a practice of prioritizing self-examination. The days are evil, Paul says in Ephesians 5.16, so we should make the best use of our time. Making the best use of our time does not allow for pre-written sermons from other pastors because of misguided priorities, that is, prioritizing other things over study and self-examination. It is a disloyal unfaithful injustice to the Lord Jesus when pastors make excuses to avoid sermon construction and preparation. Yet the most important aspect to this plea of preaching your own sermons is understanding the limit placed on worship when one is preparing to preach. You see, true biblical worship is not brought about by pious actions and behavior. Instead, biblical worship is brought about through the heart. You see, worship involves the affections, and so must our preaching. This is the essence of experiential preaching that was emulated by the Puritan preachers. The pastor must align his own affections to the biblical warrants of which he will proclaim, and then he must implore those under his preaching to do the same with their affections as well. And so pastors must prepare for this task by understanding the worshipful nature of sermon construction and delivery. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Everyday Theology. For more information, go to our website, everydaytheology.co.